Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Digital Bounds Podcast. Uh, today with me, as always, I have Sunny Singh. Hey, what's up? Okay. Uh, we also have a, a very special uh, guest co-host. Uh, his name's Kyle McDonald. Hello. So, Kyle, you want to tell me a little bit about yourself? Anything? Um, so, yeah, I've been friends with these guys for a while. Uh, I do web development for my job, and that's pretty much it. Like yes. tech. Yeah. So Kyle, he works with us, part of uh, SLK Media. He uh, sometimes occasionally writes for digitalbounds.com, but more often than not, you'll find him like on Twitter, ninjality.com, that sort of stuff. Um, so we skipped last week, guys. Uh, I forgot. Sunny forgot. Just in general, we all forgot. <laughs> We're so professional, right? <laughs> I know, I said we were going to stick on the schedule, but uh, we're not very good at that. So this week, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, let's just jump into it. Uh, Sunny, you want to talk about Whole Foods a little? Or do you want yeah, me to I mean, start? Uh, you can start. I don't know too much about it. Okay. So Amazon bought Whole Foods. And if you don't know what Whole Foods is, it's a um, small retailer of sorts. It's It's a... A grocery store. So they sell your normal groceries, but they also focus on organics and specialty foods that you wouldn't normally find in your like normal Walmart or your Kroger or Target. So Amazon bought this company. They were struggling. They, they've uh, really had a lot of problems, but they bought them for $13.7 billion, which is a huge premium on their stock price. And there could be some problems here. Someone could jump in, bid more, or uh, regulators could push this deal away. But Amazon really is doubling down on the grocery market with Amazon Fresh and buying Whole Foods. So what do you guys think about it? I was under the impression that they'll probably move to that concept store with Whole Foods that they showed where you like walk in and like scans your phone and you walk out and then scans all your items. I think that is probably the direction they're going to head with it eventually. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree. Like, I believe the store is called Amazon Go, and it's it's supposed to have already been like uh, working for public usage, but they've had a lot of hiccups. But uh, Amazon's very big on automation. They're very big on uh, trying to keep costs down, and I think that would be a smart move on their part. I don't know if they'll do it 100%, but I bet you they'll get rid of cashiers in a sense, maybe uh, move to using the stores of warehousing and also like try to automate the back end of the store more. I hope Sunny? this means that like there'll be more places that they'll deliver to with Amazon fresh. Cause right now I haven't been able to do that. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a really good map. Um, I'll find it and link it somewhere, but I'll link it in the show notes below for everybody that's listening, but it shows you like the footprint of Amazon warehouses, the facilities, it's like Texas, California, Florida, uh, upstate New York and stuff. Oh, I but get then, huh. <laughs> And then you add in uh, Whole Foods and you have all these blue speckled dots everywhere. There's 364 total uh, Whole Foods. So that's a huge like 
expansion of Amazon Fresh and just in general, possibly Amazon delivery like two hour. Because in San Antonio, I have two hour delivery. I can order something off of Amazon.com or even Amazon Prime, get same day shipping or even two hour shipping. Now, does this still make sense from a financial point? Like, I think it does from a business point, but I see a lot of people just like making fun of this, especially like, um, who's the CEO? John Bezos or something like that? Right? Uh, Jeff, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Yeah. It's like, Hey, Alexa, um, remind me to, you know, take out the trash. Okay. Buying Whole Foods right now. <laughs> so a lot of people like making fun with that. Yeah. There was a lot of, uh, really good jokes on Twitter. Uh, they went from like all those like buy gro or buy some groceries from Whole Foods and it says buying groceries buying Whole Foods for thirteen point seven billion. <laughs> and it's really clever, but everyone's really criticizing Amazon because the grocery business is like super skin margins. Like if that bread you're buying, the margin on that's maybe ten percent, if that, and that means pennies on the dollar. So Amazon's not going to be making millions of dollars off this. I think what they're doing is looking at the long run, which they normally do, and they're going to look for how they can make Amazon more prevalent in everyone's lives. So I think they're going to make Whole Foods more affordable in the long run and try to automate a lot of the stuff to bring down cost. And especially for people of Amazon Prime, um, just if they can offer like discounts or something like that, I think that'd, be, that'd bring in more customers for Whole Foods as well. Yes, and uh, Walmart is actually doing something like that. Uh, Walmart, if you uh, order online but select pickup in store, you get like five, six percent off your total order uh, if you go and pick up at Walmart, a Walmart store. So that's a big thing for Walmart because Amazon didn't have those like warehouses or th those physical locations that you could go to and pick anything up. Yeah, so overall, Short term, Amazon's losing $13.7 billion. But in the long term, I see five to 10 years, um, Whole Foods could become like Amazon's grocery business. And it could really push Amazon into becoming more of a home staple in everyone's lives. Um, let's jump to the next story. Uh, Snapchat introduces Snap Maps. Ugh. What do you guys think? It's Kyle, creepy. you want to start? It's creepy as hell. Oh my gosh. I don't like it. I don't know why anybody would ever use that besides to be creepy. Why don't you like it, though? I don't want people to know where I'm at. Like, let's say I have somebody on Snapchat that I, like, don't really know or something, and I, like, leave my apartment, and then they, like, come and, like, steal stuff or, like, I don't know. I don't like that. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, backtrack a little bit. It's, so the new Snapchat update is where you zoom out on the camera app, and you get a map, okay? And then on that map, it has all your stories and all the, like, all the public stories that are being posted around your city and around the world. But an option it gives you there is to decide whether or not you want to share your location with friends, if you want a ghost. And I believe there's a third option. What's the third one? Do you know? Uh, no. Not off the top I think, of my head. I think you can select certain people to, to share your location with. But when you share it with any of your friends, it's very, like, detailed. You see people moving in a cars. You see people flying. You see people, like, on boats. And you see when people move around. Like, you can zoom in to, like, right where they're living and get a pretty good guess of which house they're at. 
So it is very creepy. So is this opt-in or is it on by default? (sighs) It's kind of hard. So It's opt-in, I think. I don't think until you swipe on the map, it actually gives you the setting for it. I think when you first zoom into the map, it makes you opt-in or opt-out. Like, there's no opt-out. You can either ghost, not share your location, share your location with certain friends, or share your location with all your friends. But either way, you're getting to see the map. Does that, that answer your question? Yeah, like, I can't see them making this by default. Like, that was just a huge privacy concern. Yeah. With the article that I linked to, um, it, it's the Telegraph. It says, like, it's bringing up huge privacy concerns, like Kyle said. Like, who are you sharing this information with? Um, Snapchat thinks you only add your close friends on there. But a lot of people add random people that they meet. They add celebrities. They add all this. So if you're a celebrity, a brand that has millions of followers on Snapchat, and you accidentally share your location, that's a huge like invasion of your privacy and also puts you at risk. So they're more worried about the 18 and under group who is sharing their location and and sharing like uh, Snapchat with people that they don't exactly know. Yeah, I, I just read that it is completely optional. Um, but yeah, anyone that's like under 18 probably will look at this as like, oh, cool, I can see where my friends are, but they won't see like the dangerous side of it. So it's a little concerning. Yeah, like, I don't know. Snapchat is supposed to be like your close friends. And I don't know, Kyle, who do you add on Snapchat? Do you add anyone or do you like just do close friends? Well, I have some like my close friends on there, but there's still some people that I have on there. It's like, I really don't want you to know where I'm at all the time. So. Yeah, and I think that's where it comes into like picking your friends. Maybe you share it with like a handful of people like yeah, that are but close. Even then, it's just like, why? I don't so know. Like, I think it's it's oh, kind of nifty to see where people are. Yeah. Kind of drains battery life, I would assume. Um, how Snapchat did it, actually, is when you open the Snapchat app, it, like, pings your location. So it's not always running in the background. Oh. If you don't open the app for, like, eight hours, it, like, erases your, your where you are so it doesn't show you on the map. So if you're not using Snapchat for, like, a day or two and you're vacationing or something it won't show that you're away from home or it won't show you on the map at all. So they did do some privacy like forethought, like they understood that this would be a big issue. It's kind of similar to like how Facebook lets you uh, share your location with friends. And it's like, you know, it says like, Oh, your friend is nearby. So you can like go ahead and try to hang out with them or something. So I can see like how it could be useful, but I don't know. For the most part, I mean, you'll just, you know, snap people or message them if you want to hang out or something. Yeah, but Facebook's, I feel like, is a little less creepy. Like, it tells you, like, the little general vicinity where you're in. And this one is actually, like, dead on where you're at, like, the exact location you're at. Like, if you guys go to Snapchat right now and you have me as a friend, oh, so you can show, like, the in. street address and everything. Yeah, like zoomed you in on zoom your in. house. It was really creepy. I didn't like it. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, like, it shows you exactly, like, the street I'm on. It's funny. Like, you have to go in and look. <laughs> it, it's very creepy. But if you're moving in a car, it actually shows you moving in a car, which I think is very, that's, that's very neat. I mean, it's cool, but, like, only from a technology standpoint. Yeah, 
But I feel like if you use Snapchat, like Snapchat wants you to use it and only add friends, it makes total and complete sense. But if you're adding people that you don't exactly want to always talk to and you just, you know, want to creep on and like casually keep up with, it's a little little worrying. (laughs) So another reason for me to use Snapchat, right? Yeah, yeah. So I can keep up on you, Sonny. Make sure <laughs> I know why you're you're ignoring me all the time. <laughs> um, so, but it kind of like Snapchat adding this. It it like what what is what is Snapchat getting out of this? Like, yes, they're helping you discover new stories, but Snapchat's stock is down like over and over every every few months. It's like or every few weeks, everyone's talking about it because it's been tumbling down to a point where investors are starting to worry if snapchat's even worth it anymore like right now snap is at 1751 which is way below the ipo price yeah i feel like they're just trying to make a feature that'll stick and then it's just not really working because like they just released the other day that they're bringing like tv shows or something on snapchat oh they are shows and it's just like i feel like they're just throwing a lot of features at it hoping hoping that one of them like makes your ipo go back up or their stock go back up yeah, I I totally agree. They're they're kind of going like the I guess you could say the Samsung method: uh, throw everything at the wall and hope one thing sit, sticks. But um, nothing's sticking because they're not able to generate revenue in a in a meaningful like amount of money. They're losing more money each quarter than <laughs> they're they're even earning. So it's it's very like interesting to see what Snapchat's doing. Um, I don't like this hasn't affected the stock price at all. Like it's just been down like since yesterday, it's down like 1%. So overall, like nothing's helping them in the overall like grand scheme of things. I think um, the TV shows would be kind of interesting. Like uh, I, I would feel like I would watch something on, on Snapchat if it was decent. Yeah. It's like really short shows that like, release a new episode like once a day or something i don't really understand i don't know i'm really I not I'm like it's kind of standoffish about it i just don't know how i feel about it i feel yeah. like if people want to watch like vine compilations then people will probably want to watch this i'm not sure <laughs> vine compilations are a thing like they actually do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay um I know one TV show that I'd heard them kind of like pitching around for a while was um, like a complimentary show, like behind the scenes of uh, The Bachelorette and The Bachelor. So you would have like all this like, you know, like all the side like interviews and stuff on the Snapchat app. Yeah. And then you watch the show like simultaneously. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I can see that taking off. Um, Like I could see it also like in sports too, like. You could have like the stadium there, and if you couldn't go to the stadium, you could see like all the halftime shows, all the like other stuff like that. That'd be kind of interesting too. Yeah. So there's definitely some like applications of TV shows I see that that would boost their stock price, but also keep me and like other people interested in. Uh, let's jump to the next one. Uh, you want to talk about this, Sonny? You're a little bit of Google fanboy. <laughs> a little bit. Um, yeah, so it looks like Google's going to stop um, just like looking through your emails to serve you relevant ads. 
um, and started doing this across like personal and G Suite accounts. And so now they're still going to target you ads, but it's going to be through like your search history and other products. But your Gmail emails are no longer going to be snooped in by Google, which I think is really good. Not that they should have done that in the first place, but. In the first place, I think it was like it's a free application for free consumers. So I think it was something worthwhile for Google to like serve ads. Uh, I'm surprised they were scanning G Suite emails, though. Like that's. Like I'm yeah, paying them for that. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, I mean, it makes sense. Like, yes, if it's a free service, but I feel like when users find out about it, they're kind of like, whoa, like someone's reading my emails that are supposed to be just for me. Like it, it makes sense from like from the business, but I don't know. I I feel like so my, my personal Gmail, I feel totally okay with them scanning emails, but on our our like business emails that we have i don't know how i feel about that like that's a lot of like embargoed information like like i know they're anonymizing it but at the same time like what happened if somebody like targets those like certain keywords perfectly and they can Mm -hmm. like get my information like there's there's cases of people like reverse engineering like anonymized data to pinpoint who it is yeah, I don't understand how, especially with G Suite being paid. So I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Like, and you pay a lot. It's like it comes out to like ten dollars a person. Yeah, like the cheapest is five dollars per person. So okay, yeah, I I don't even know what I pay. I'm so bad at subscriptions. <laughs> <laughs> I might even pay the ten dollars a month for us. Oh uh, <laughs> I, I well, tell you, like, you, you, you like to pay for stuff. I I don't like to pay for stuff. I've been uh, actually like reeling back my subscriptions like i canceled like uh like all my unnecessary like uh meet edgar i canceled that remember okay, how i got that i got rid of like some other like social media stuff i've just been canceling stuff to see what if it affects me or not and honestly getting rid of the stuff i don't even notice it you probably subscribe to a service that helps you cancel services <laughs> Um, unroll me. I, I don't pay for it, but I do subscribe to like their, their stuff. So yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the one plus five. Uh, it looks like an iPhone. Exactly. Like an iPhone. Like, like, like really I, badly. My buddy got one and then we had it at the office and I put my iPhone next to his. And if you covered up the Apple logo on the back, you really couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> Yeah, and all the like the press shots are of the back of the phone. Like everyone's focusing on the, the likeness. Yeah, I mean, so sorry, Kyle. You've actually got to see it. Tell tell us what you think about it beyond the like the aesthetic of the iPhone. I mean, it seems really well made. Uh, there's just like, I mean, there's just nothing like special about it. It's just like an Android phone with the basic features that you'd want. It's nothing like, oh, wow, this does this, this is like waterproof, this is cool, or anything like that. It's just kind of basic. It Hasn't that always been the appeal, like the OnePlus brand? Like it's just a, a bland phone now? Yeah, I guess. I feel like it's not a, enough, though, like yeah. with the S8 and stuff, just having like non-bezel displays and being waterproof and all that. I mean, especially with the bump in price this year, because it's like $600 for the higher end one or around there. Yeah, it starts out at four seventy nine for the sixty four gig, but 
if you want the other one, it's like 547 or something. Yeah. And the other thing I don't like about what they're doing with that is you can only get the, the matte black or like the whatever. There's like two versions of the different kinds of black. And one of them is for the lower model. And you can only get it that color on the lower model. You can only get the other color on the like the higher model. So you can't oh, like wow. it's like slate on the lower one and then like a a black on the higher one. Yeah, I think the top one's a ceramic and the other one's an actual like uh, metal or something. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a clever like marketing, but uh, if it was like different colors, like if the like the lower end model was like a red, blue, and like gray, and the top end was like a ceramic, like white, and a ceramic black. I would totally go for the higher end model, but OnePlus isn't differentiating differentiating it enough for me to go. Oh, I want the higher end model. Yeah, I think their main demographic is not for people who want an expensive phone. So I don't really understand why they're trying to go for that. I feel like every year they've gone up in price, and yeah, wasn't I don't it like know a why. Two hundred or three hundred dollar phone for the first one, and it was just like, wow, how did you fit all that in for that price, or something like that? And now it's just like, well, now I see how you're fitting all this in for that price. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wonder if they were losing money at the beginning. Probably, because OnePlus isn't actually a small like brand. I believe they're a branch off of one of the Chinese companies, right? Uh, I don't know. I think so. I those Chinese companies come over here. They have to like like it's like the Honor brand is a Huawei brand. I think it's a a sub brand of one of those companies. You know, but the phone like looks nice. Like it's 1080p screen. There's no there's bezels, which is kind of a problem. How do you feel about that, Sonny? Um, you're saying there are bezels or no bezels? There there That's... are bezels. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that at all. And it looks. They still have a hardware button. Is that the home button? <laughs> yeah, I think that's the home button. <laughs> it's ugly. Uh, oh god. <laughs> but I, I think like, I like the idea of a hardware button. But I, I think that's poorly Im- implemented. <laughs> it literally is like the iPhone on the back and like an old Samsung device yeah. in the front. Yep. <laughs> it's so it, I think it's ugly in the end. Yeah, like it, it was. It's fine if they made it like I would say like three hundred ninety nine dollars, and people be like, okay, it's a you know good cheap phone you can get, um, and OnePlus is still a good brand. But if they're trying to go for the high end, they're not doing anything special with that. So yeah, I just um, don't see them selling a lot of a lot of like at, at the very least, I don't see them selling a lot of the higher end model. Uh, well, I I don't know about that. I don't know what their sales numbers will look like, but um, uh, I believe it's Sam Sheffer. He went to. The OnePlus, uh, like, pop-up store in New York, and the line was, like, 100 people deep, no problem. So, the fans are definitely lining up for the phone, and they're still, like, devoted to the company. But at the same time... I'm sorry? Oh, keep going. But at the same time, I feel like there's a small revolt. I've seen, like, people on Twitter just mocking it left and right. Yeah. Did you see that for benchmarks, if you run a benchmark app on the OnePlus 5, uh... The OnePlus 5 recognizes that, and then it throttles the CPU and GPU, like, overclocks them. And so it's, like, totally unfair when it comes to benchmarking that phone compared to other phones. I I think that's shitty of them cheating on benchmarks, but how much do benchmarks matter these days? Yeah, I mean, it's still, it's just, like, why would they go through the trouble of doing that? They could have made the phone cheaper by not paying the developers to <laughs> put that in there. 
<laughs> that is true. Uh, I know they did it with the previous model, and everyone was up in arms about that. Yeah, they did it again. <laughs> Man, I I don't understand cheating on the benchmarks. Like, and I I know um some some uh, YouTube testers have claimed that other phones, when you just run the video on them, that the phones are so optimized for video that you're gonna get like 15 hours out of a phone. But when you use it on normal usage, like you're supposed to, like a normal human being would, you're only getting like six or seven hours because the phone manufacturers know how to optimize for these tests. So I think everyone's doing it in a sense, but OnePlus is cheating to a whole n- another level. Yeah. I, that's just so shitty of them. God. Okay. Uh, so that's that's really all the topics that we had for this week. Um, if you want to, we're going to jump into the personal topics. Um Sonny, if you want to start, I know you don't have anything on the Trello, but uh, you can go an overview of them. Oh, I thought I hit save. That's weird. Or um, maybe mine hasn't refreshed. Let me reload. Um, yeah, not, 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 nothing much on my end. Um, oh, it's weird. Didn't save. I'm just mostly busy with work. I got um, like this little standing kind of desk thing that you put on top of your desk. So I'm trying to just like be healthier when I work from home. Um, other than that, yeah, nothing much has been going on, so. Uh, Kyle, I know you were over here linking these Jaybirds <laughs> in our Slack while we're, we we're talking. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, Wemos? No. Well, he, he's... Multitasking. He, oh, the last link? Yeah, the Jaybirds, like, I kind of want to buy them right now. Yeah, you can get They've always been too. down to $100. Oh, really? I've seen the discounted price. Huh. Well... I either way, I still want to buy them, but I don't. I don't know if I want to spend a hundred dollars on headphones. I don't know. <laughs> I just break headphones all the time. And the other one that you linked was the the Wi-Fi plug. I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, I was I was shopping while I was also podcasting. I'm really good at multitasking. <laughs> so the first uh, time Kyle linked, linked these um, Alexa mini smart plugs, like I was like. Oh wow, they're like ten dollars each, and I paid what like thirty dollars just for one. That's insane. Yeah. They're so cheap. Yeah, now. The two pack is there. I don't. I don't know what the brand is. Aura, but it's just connecting over an app, so it should work. Like, it doesn't. I mean, anything's better than the Wemo. Like that app is terrible. Is it really that bad? It's it's really bad. Like the UI is just not responsive. So you're just sitting there, like, am I supposed to know it's loading something or what's happening? Hmm. I've heard the Wemo app's bad, and I know that's why a lot of people use like Samsung Smart Things and the, or the Wink like a uh, hub. So they they'll integrate them with that. So they use those apps. So they don't have to use the Belkin or the Wemo app. Yeah, I should probably do that. But once it's set up, you're done. So the app doesn't matter too much. I guess that's true. I still want to buy these. <laughs> Kyle's going to get me to spend like two hundred dollars in <laughs> ten minutes. I want to buy a four pack because I want, oh, this is a four pack sold out, but I want to buy these headphones and then I want to do that. Uh, do you have anything else, Kyle? Anything you want to say or? No, I think I'm good. So I know you'll be on here a little more often, possibly. Yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, so we'll get more perspective from other people, someone that uses Snapchat occasionally. <laughs> um, so my personal news is I've just been working on the August Smart Lock review. Uh, I've been using it for like two weeks now. 
and I see how shitty it is. And I'm also writing the juice board review. So I have that electric skateboard that Casey Neistat used. I'm writing it to the park. I ride it like to Walmart down the street. So I've just been like getting a lot of use out of it. Anything quick you can say about the smart lock? Cause I'm kind of surprised at that. Okay. The smart lock, the problem with the smart lock is it connects over Bluetooth, low energy. Uh, that's if you don't buy the Wi-Fi bridge, the Wi-Fi bridge is $80 on amazon.com. I did not want to pay another $80 for a lock that's already $200 and a keypad that was another like $50. So the problem is when I want to go to unlock it, like let's say I grab my phone, I go on the juice board, I go to the park, I come back. The phone's supposed to alert the lock over Bluetooth that it's supposed to auto unlock that I'm back home. But the problem is it takes a few seconds, I would say even a whole minute for the phone to connect to the August smart lock to tell it to unlock. And in that time, I'm already at the front door waiting for the door to be unlocked. Oh, wow. So That's I'm like pretty much like, unusable at that point. Yeah, like the auto unlock's unusable. That's why I use the keypad more often. Like I turned off the auto unlock. I turned on the auto lock. So when I walk away from the door, the door locks, which is very nice. Um, I use I the feel keypad like, more often. I feel like they should have just used regular Bluetooth because you're not always... Like, if you're at home, your phone can be on charge. But if you're away, like, you're not always in proximity of the lock. Yeah, I I don't know. I just know that they use Bluetooth Low Energy. And they've recently switched to Google Maps to use better GPS location. But, you know, GPS isn't always exact. It could be off by 500 meters. And it could say you're 500 meters away from home. And it's still not unlocking because it thinks you're further away from the house so the yeah. geofencing is bad in the end that's really what it comes down to is bluetooth is bad and then the geofencing isn't that great but i would still recommend the the lock like i would say it works like 60 percent of the time yeah well especially for the price you got it it was what, like 200 250 yeah i bought it for 200 and i got the also the little keypad so i'm able to like walk up to the door and type in my little code and the keypad or like, uh, we had somebody come fix, like, a leak. So they were able to, like, keypad into the house. I could see them on my nest outside, and they were able to come in and do everything. And I wasn't even – I didn't have to be home. I didn't have to leave them a key somewhere, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Um, The other thing is my Pixel's microphone's broken. Yay. <laughs> Whoa, what happened? Um, So it's a common issue that the Pixel has a microphone problem. Uh, Engadget wrote about it, all this other stuff. Um, I contacted Google. They said they'll swap out my Pixel with a brand new one. But still, it's a very big inconvenience. That's really annoying. Because like I, every day I keep trying to stay away from trying to get by, buy a Pixel. Because my Nexus 6P is just like the battery. There's a lot of issues with it. So um, that's annoying though if the mic is commonly broken. Well, the Pixel 2, uh, the the specs had started leaking out. Have you seen them? Uh, some of them, yeah. Like, I just have, I'd have to wait until September, it's a thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's what, it's July now, almost July. You got like, like two more two months, months, three more months, yeah. three months really, till it comes out. I would say wait, just because the Pixel, as much as I love it, the microphone issue, I've also had um, some restart issues, just like I had on my Nexus 6P. But uh, I don't know. I gave my Nexus 6P to my dad, and he loves it. 
Mm-hmm. So I I think you should stick with it just a little longer. Maybe reset your phone. Yeah, I was thinking about doing that. We'll see how long. Yeah, Can't because I, I have to wipe my phone, uh, put it in a box, ship it to them, and as soon as Google sees that there's a, the box has left the shipment facility, they'll send me my new phone in a, uh, like two-day shipping. So I'm going to be without a phone for like three days. Yeah, I would do that. I just can't afford to not have a phone. So, I I can't afford to not have a phone. Like I I'm debating on what to do. Like I'm gonna have to set up an iPhone to use Project Fi. Supposedly, it's able to use data only. Okay. Because my other f- oh, I have an Honor phone. I wonder if my Honor phone will work with Pix with the Project Fi. Mm, I don't know. We'll have to check it out. I'll have to keep you guys updated on that. Um, is that it? think so okay so a little bit shorter podcast this week i, I kind of liked it though it was a quick concise you know um if you guys want to follow us on twitter uh kyle what is your twitter which one do you want to give out designed by kyle okay so that's designed by kyle yeah, yeah. um sunny is sunny sing io yeah i'm leon hitchens uh they'll all be in the show notes below if you guys also want to like read what i'm writing about on digital bounds digitalbounds.com uh we also have a small new side project it's um you haven't even set the domain on it yet yeah no i haven't so it's gadget smart but it's gadget sm and then dot art so i think it's a very clever like take on it it's a, it's, it's an artful domain for sure <laughs> It's going to be set up. <laughs> I really like that. Uh, it's going to be set up on a uh, medium. It's going to be like a, what would you call it? Like a little sub brand of digital bounds. Yeah. It's our gadget blog, our circuit breaker. Oh man. Okay. We're going to go right at the verge. Okay. So <laughs> it's, it's our like gadget blogging. We're only going to write reviews. We're going to like focus more on, on that stuff. So the do douche, the, the juice board review is going to be on there, like that sort of stuff. It's going to be more conversational. It's going to be a different take on like what's actually gadget blogging. It's more yeah, blogging but also than like anything. I like the fact that it's more towards like budget products. So ones that are like you know not top of the line, just kind of what everyone can buy and have a good deal with. Yes. So the juice board, great example. Yeah. Um, we'll check like the the alexa enabled aura wi-fi mini smart plug that's 29 dollars on woot we'll do stuff like that make sure everyone can afford the stuff because sometimes i buy a lot of the stuff with my money and <laughs> i go broke by buying my gadgets um so check that out soon It'll, we'll have it up in the next couple of days and we'll have our first review out in maybe a week or two so next week we'll keep you guys updated on that um if you guys want to follow us, digitalbounds.com, digitalbounds on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Snapchat, we're everywhere. Uh, so we'll see you guys next week. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.